College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action, so here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. What is good, everybody? Welcome in to, I thought it was a special edition before of Benny and the Bets. This is just at a whole different elite level. We're yeah. at PXG in Overland Park. It's 119th in Blue Valley Parkway. Tucker Franklin is here. What's happening, my guy? Not a whole lot. Glad to be here at this beautiful facility at PXG. It's it's a, quite a spectacle to be here. I've been here a few times, and I love it every time I come. It's you walk in and you're like, oh yeah, I I get it. Beautiful. In case you in case you forgot, I should mention too. By the way, as we're hanging out on Benny and the Bets, it is of course presented by PXG. I was looking up some some stats. You know, I'm a big stats guy, Tucker. Yes. You know their their Gen Six driver challenge is, okay. is going on throughout the month of August. You were just here um, a handful of days ago. Bill Self, Greg Gurley, yeah. Gen Six driver challenge. That was fun. You know what I learned? They're they're winning the challenge. Yeah, ninety three percent of everybody that's come in for the Gen Six driver challenge, the PXG Gen Six driver beat it out. So that's and that's what that's what's, what's crazy to me. And this is why how you know I felt when I came in and got fitted by Alex and got a chance to actually experience it. What was so cool is that you think when you're playing with your own driver, like there's comfort, right? Like even if it's an older driver, you at least kind of know how it feels in your hand. You're not sort of fidgeting, and they're still getting to that number, and it's absurd. But what's also cool is that you can do the the Gen Six driver challenge for free throughout the month of August. Um, and if your driver beats their driver, hundred dollars, not too bad. It's a good bargain. Yeah, and that hundred dollars can go towards uh, your your first deposit uh, over at DraftKings too. Use <laughs> the CSN code. Um, Tucker's here because for a wide variety of reasons, but I, I always love going through the schedule with you. And there's plenty that we're going to be able to dive into today. We're we're zoning in on the start of football season, whether it's college, whether it's NFL. I thought this was a good opportunity as we're here at PXG to really take a look at both couple futures that we're into, Absolutely. whether it's on the college side, whether it's on the Chiefs side, um, as well as maybe an early look at if there's some lines that we think we can beat for the Chiefs and Lions game on that Thursday night. So you, yep. you want to start on the on the, on the the NFL side, work our way towards college? Sure. Why don't we just start with the Chiefs? Okay. Let's start with the Chiefs. Never, never a bad idea for us to start talking Chiefs. Um, 
So I, I was looking at it from the perspective of week one, mm-hmm. right? We've seen the line fluctuate a little bit. It's been at seven. It's been at six and a half, mostly. I'm trying to make the determination of how if I know that seven is that number for me right. where I'm not going to play the Chiefs. And there's a wide variety of reasons for it. Um, I do know that if the number gets to seven, I'm going to play Detroit. Now, that's not to say that I don't think the Chiefs can win. Right. Right. Kansas City, historically, I think their last eight home openers, they've won. So you also have a situation with the Lions where they've been the best covering team over the last two years. Exactly. Dan Campbell has these guys playing hard. Now, they get themselves out of games, but then they work themselves right back into it. So looking at the Lions, six and a half right now, just a little bit over that minus 110 line for Kansas City. You buy it? You think they come out flying? Or is this a Detroit team that maybe finally is ready to start coming through a little bit more, um, not just for covering, but also for winning, too? You mentioned the Lions and how good they are at covering the spread. The Chiefs are not good at covering the spread. Not the last few years. Uh, not the last few years. Uh, 9-11, and 11, I believe, last year and covering the spread. Yep. So that I'm, I'm always weary when betting against the spread with, uh, with the Chiefs. And you mentioned Lions have covered uh, the spread in nine of the last ten games. They're a better team this year. I think that they can cover a whole lot better. Um, I don't. I think you're right. I think that seven line is where I get a little iffy. Right. That's where I get a little nervous with it. It's one of those games when I look at it, uh, I, I kind of want to stay away from it because I don't. I don't know uh, what I want to do. But at six and a half right now, that DraftKings Sportsbook has uh, has it at. It's a very. It's a very tempting line. Like, listen, Vegas knows what they're doing. Uh, but I think that that line is very tempting for me to hit the Chiefs on it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, the, the problem is, especially, and, and this was one of the things that if anybody caught the previous show with Armin Katayan, he told us about Billy Walters, so arguably the, the, the Patrick Mahomes of sports betting. And again, no no association with Mahomes and sports betting, only in the sense of the GOAT. So just full disclosure here, just want to make it abundantly clear. Um, but one of the things we were talking about was the, the value of the number, right? And, and that's something that for anybody that's been betting, they understand that. They understand the power of three. And Armin was talking about how 8% of NFL games finish by a margin of three points. There's seven, there's 10, there's 14. All of those are in play. None of them even add up to that number of three. Um, That's what makes the six and a half interesting to me. Because especially given both of these teams feeling comfortable with their quarterback, with their offenses for going for two. Yeah. I could envision a scenario in which the Lions maybe start off a little bit slow, maybe not ready to handle the pressure. And then the Chiefs, once they start and just stomp on you, uh-huh. that's when things can get rough. So if if I see the number, and this first half number hasn't come out yet, but I'm expecting it to be three and a half Chiefs first half. Probably. I feel more comfortable, even though the three might be a little bit too far out. I like their ability to start fast in this game. And then the Lions pass rush starts to get going. Maybe at some point they start to make some second half adjustments, assuming Chris Jones isn't playing. I think if I'm going to take a side on Kansas City, I think I'd prefer to take them earlier in the game, maybe at three and a half once that line comes out, as opposed to the six and a half down the rest of the game, because they just have that propensity to just make games a little bit too close. And their margin of victory um, in some of their wins was huge, but there was also times last year where... They should have crushed a bunch of teams and just let them hang around because it kind of felt like it. Yeah. Then turn into high gear. I think that's really interesting what you mentioned. What Andy Reid and these Chiefs teams and since like 2013 have been known for is those first 15 plays. Yeah. Is those first 15 plays 
They come out hot. They score touchdowns. They do all that stuff. Uh, and and that makes sense to take the first half line. I do like that a lot. It's an approach I haven't really taken a lot with the Chiefs team, but that makes a whole lot of sense when you think about the history, how this team is built, how this team will run. I, we, I got to wait and see for that first line, first half line, but he got me intrigued. Okay, you got my interest peaked. You you also might hear from me over the course of this year uh, when it comes to college football. There, yeah. there was a great source that that, that I have that uh, was locked in for a while in first quarter totals. Oh yeah. Um, now there was a few bad beats last year. Uh, I can think of one game. It was might have been like uh, Texas and Oklahoma, where it was the over. 13 and a half for the first quarter. And of course they got the touchdown on the first play of the second quarter. So like that's going to happen sometimes. Some of these sustained drives just go on a little bit too long, but those are aspects that you you always want to pay attention to. You're looking for the right number. You're looking for the right play. Um, One other note that I want to mention for this game, you mentioned the total 54 is a really interesting number, right? Yeah. It's a lion's team that this is a crazy stat. Their last 12 season openers. Okay. Have gone over their projected total. Wow! I don't know if that's a proponent of the Lions' defense being garbage for a long time. I don't know if it's a byproduct of just teams not really knowing what to expect from them. But fifty-four is kind of that number where you're saying to yourself, "Do I do I want to make a stand here?" And I think I feel good about going on the over. But what's nice is that you can move the line a little bit too. Mm-hmm. You go to DraftKings, you move it to fifty-three and a half. Minus 120, it's a little bit more juice, but because 54 is one of those prime numbers that you're just nervous about, or it's right on the precipice of hitting, I think Kansas City and Detroit, especially with the nature of these offenses and the amount of concerns right now the Chiefs have with their pass rush, uh, the Lions, at some point, they can't really pin their ears back unless they get a big lead because of their pass rush. I think you're going to see some traded points over the course of this game. I'm leaning over and I would suggest that if you like the over take it before that number goes to 54 and a half because yep. the public will go over for this Thursday night game yeah you got I think that's a great point you got to take it before it goes but one of my favorite things that DraftKings Sportsbook does uh is it gives you the game details tells you where it's at and it tells you the average points per game at that stadium uh for the last season 44.6 in terms of uh Geha field at Arrowhead Stadium uh, that they're running with a two and eight over under record in Kansas City. Yeah, so that's very interesting. In the last year, they've been perpetually under that that total mark. But I'm with you if you want this uh, this over mark, which Chiefs always come out fast. Week one, I mean, you think about what they did against the Cardinals last year. Week one season openers, they do really well. They score a lot of points. Uh, you got to jump on that over right now because yeah. that line will move and it will move pretty quickly. So. Uh, I, yeah, I thought that was really interesting looking at some of these stats that DraftKings had of, of just the, the Arrowhead Stadium last year was a very was prime for the under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of that is also just because of how the public will buy up that number because it's the Chiefs and Mahomes. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and, and I also think about week one, that game in Arizona, we were expecting the Cardinals to be a little bit better, but really not to the point where it just fooled anybody. And Kansas City was not ready for it. And by the way, um, we are going to talk to uh, an actual football expert coming yeah. up in, in just a couple minutes. Uh, former uh, Kansas City star, James Springer, yes. who's now here at PXG, is going to hop on with us in a little bit. Played at Ole Miss a couple of years ago. He's got some thoughts on the SEC. I'm excited to, to talk to him here on Benny and the Bets. Before we go to break, if I were to just ask you, and you're, you're someone that follows this, right? Since Mahomes took over starting quarterback for this team, what would you guess the Chiefs 
over record is? Like, like what percentage do you think they are at hitting overs? Because they're they're top three, but it's probably not as good as you think it is. So what mm. percentage do you think the Chiefs have hit their over since Mahomes has been their quarterback? It's a really great question because an interesting stat we put out at KC Sports Network. I don't know if you saw this. 58.1% of Patrick Mahomes' games have had at least 30 points in them. Uh, so he's he's he's, he's, doing doing, he's doing his part. His offense is perpetually putting up 30 yes. points. But there's two teams. There's two sides to it. Uh, I don't think he's played in many games where the opponent has scored uh, 24 points. Or I, I can't remember how that stat works. Yeah. So how many? What 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 was the question? The the percentage of percentage games? of games where they have hit the over, over since Mahomes took over as starting quarterback? I'd probably say 55. percent Really good guess. 53.1 percent. Chiefs have hit their over. See, this is what this is why Tuck is locked in, you guys. 51, 45, and 0. 53.1%. Although I will tell you that over the last couple of years, it's only 52% since uh, since 2021. If you go back to 2020 during that uh, weird year, it's 30 and 29. So that first couple of years, that's when he really had the decisive advantage. Osbakers didn't know really how to adjust the line for Mahomes yet. Eventually they did. Yeah. But it's just a caveat that I think a lot of us need to remember that. These Chiefs games, you're going to want to be tempted to take the over. More often than not, as Sucker said, when it comes to Arrowhead, only four, four and a half average points scored. Um, Chiefs usually do their part, but again, remember that line gets inflated. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to go and move off of the NFL and start to get you ready for college football season. Plenty more. Benny and the Bets presented by PXG live from the damn PXG store. Coming up, this is Casey Sports Network. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, we are back here on Benny and the Bets from the PXG store in Overland Park. My friend to the left of me uh, is not Tucker Franklin anymore. No, sir. Jacob Springer was at one point a dominant athlete, football player, here in Kansas City, the pride of Park Hill South. Got the opportunity to play for uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Uh, for that, uh, at Navy. And now here you are, dominating back in Kansas City yes. at just an awesome facility. First of all, it is great to have you on the show, man. I'm Thank so you. glad that you're here. Thank you. I appreciate it, Ben. I'm I'm glad you guys were able to come in. Um, come do the show from here. This is awesome. Listen, it's uh, it's a day where, you know, uh, KCSN were like, hey, um, so we're going to go ahead and uh, just hang out at PXG for a few hours. Um, I know you're supposed to run around with your, your kids all day. I was like, you know, I, I can probably take a couple <laughs> couple hour break and just hang with, uh, with with my friends over here. So what what was it like having that initial moment where you're playing at Park Hill South in the recruiting process? And I'm wondering, like, you still have a lot of friends that are still in college football, still, you know, some friends that are now in, in the pros as well. What's what's changed from that process when you got recruited into school to how everything in college football just seems to be drastically changing so fast? Yeah, uh, college football is obviously on the up and up as far as it's almost like the league now. Yeah. Essentially, you know, NIL, portals like free agency and big contract signings, you know, in the NFL. So... I think it's exciting, you know. Uh, it, it feels makes, long overdue yeah, for right. for so many of so many of these players that have busted their ass for a long time, and 
now you actually see some financial benefit that is is well deserved for a lot of these universities that were making a lot of money off name, image, and likeness. But um, I, I I think the the other component for me that I really like is the NCAA at some point has to get this right. But th- there's nothing that feels as much hidden anymore. You can talk about this stuff now, and it just feels more real and authentic. Uh, as opposed to trying to just keep everything off to the side. Yeah. No, with it not being taboo any longer, it's, it it makes it almost more progressive in the fact that you're able to now use it as recruiting. Um, recruiting, obviously, but just being the players, having the recognition of being paid, you know, and understanding, you know, you work, you are worth something and you bring, bring value to the, to the program. You know, so you should be reimbursed for that. No doubt. When you were when you were playing at Park Hill South, um, what who was your college team? Like, were you, were you a Mizzou fan? Were you rooting for for a couple other teams? Like, how how did the the connection to Navy and then eventually Ole Miss happen for you? Yeah. So I actually, when I was in high school, I really liked Iowa. Like, okay. Like Iowa, the Hawkeyes, the Iowa State, just the Big Ten in general. You know, they play a brand of football that I think it's. Well, you're a defensive guy, so, you know, there's a little bit more rough and tumble. You got to play in, in some colder weather. Uh, SEC, you know, Missouri, at least, you know, right now it feels like you're playing in SEC weather. But at some point, not not so much. No, not so much. Um, Missouri's in a weird place where it's like, you know, obviously the Midwest is kind of southern, kind of midwestern, kind of northern. Um, get a bit of everything here, you know, so kind of being able to, Taking, you know, obviously the Big 12, where they came from, and Mizzou was in the SEC um, a couple years after that, um, with, came in with X&M, right? So I think seeing that and being kind of exposed to all the different brands of football is something I was really appreciative for being in this area and kind of gave me the idea of, of, of how I want to be as a player, what's my prototype, you know, um, did you want to emulate? Did you get a chance to play in the Army Navy game? Yeah. How was that? Times it's it's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, there's no other football on that day, you know. So just knowing that the stadium's packed, they take us to the. We played in the Eagle Stadium, but they take you out, pack the stadium, and then the rest of the college football fans are all watching on the TV. It's it's pretty humbling, obviously, and it's it's for a great cause, you know. I I have so much respect for. Academies, and, you know, just really, really grateful for the time I was able to spend up there and the opportunities, the stuff I learned, because um, it the tradition and and the it's like no other, you know, and it really is college football. And then you know, even today, you look at who's playing, you know, the first game of the week, our first game of the season, and really, really cool opportunity. Yeah, I, I know you're gonna have your eye on that game for sure. Yeah, um, over out in over out in Dublin. Um, so what was the connection to, and by the way, too, I, I'm glad that you brought up the, the academies because, you know, working for PXG, that's obviously a really important connection with this company and, and for military servicemen and women like that, that from the very beginning, um, that was something that, that Bob was really put an emphasis on was, was taking care of military folks here too. Yeah, no, that's exactly what we are here at PXG is, um, veterans, first responders, service members, you know, the people who help us and allow us to be able to go out and 
play golf and have a good time, you know, make it the game so fun. Um, so we, that was something when I first came on along with PHG, I was really excited about, um, it's kind of felt like home, you know, and just knowing Bob's story and how he got in and what brought him here into the golf game, um, what brought him discipline. I was able to, you know, relate to that. And I love what we stand for here and just excited, looking forward to what we're about to take it to. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to think that the store's only been here since April and, and you know, you come in and it's still, it, it has still that, that brand new feeling, but there's still like, even every time I walk in, I always just get a little bit amped up to come to the, st- to, to come into the bays, swing a couple clubs. Everyone's so welcoming and friendly. And I mean, you get that feeling when you're, you're coming here every day. I get that feeling coming in just every so often. So right. it's nice. To, it's nice to know that that even just from top down, that, that's how it feels coming in here. Speaking of good feelings, playing SEC football during your time at Ole Miss, is there a game? Is there a moment? Um, you know, what when you look back at your time at Ole Miss, um, what what stood out for you um, that that really is like, OK, I'm playing top of the line SEC football in an environment that I it's, you can only describe as you got to be there to experience it. Can't you can't mimic it? You can't recreate it. Um, for me, it was the venues. You know, you go to Knoxville, you go to Nate Neyland, you go to Escaloosa, um, Brian Denny. Like being in front of hundred ten thousand, who they grew up Bama fans, or they yeah. grew up Vols, um, and just being a being a part of that tradition and. Because that's college football, you know. You, you think of Bear Bryant's, you think of, you know, obviously all the way to your Urban Myers and your Nick Sabins. Um, it it's something that I was really grateful to experience because it's it's again like no other. You know, the the athletes are bigger, faster, stronger. The game's faster. It's more intense, more physical. Um, and that's the part of football I love. I love the intensity of it. You know, I I love the game. So being up there with cats who could do everything, you know, and then fans who pack the house, you know, um, really special. What do you think there's about, what do you think that is maybe if you could uh, put your mind on like one thing that from a fan perspective that we just will, will never quite understand from the player perspective, is it maybe how fast the game is and everything at the snap that you have to try to recognize in that moment before, like if you, if you miss out on your break, guys open for a touchdown, like you have to be so locked in because the game moves so quickly. Yeah. No, I think it's the focus. Obviously it's the mental aspect. Um, because everyone, you know, you go to any conference, you're going to find athletes. Yeah. But being able to find athletes who, like you said, can recognize, you know, their, their keys, um, make that split decision split second decision um it's really just recognition and and the mentality but overall consistency and work ethic you know because if you're consistent you show up and you want to work every single day and get better um and you're consistent about that i mean you go about it organized and in the right way you're going to win games you're going to be just better um and i think that's something i saw in x and that's to see that it's it's win or lose you know and it's it's do or die essentially you know it's life or death there so those split second decisions are all that more important to make sure that you don't get it wrong every time. Because if you do, you know, that's the end of your season. You go, obviously, I went to Ole Miss. Every team in that conference is, is trying.
trying to be in the playoffs, trying to be in the national They're coming for you. Yeah, trying to be in that East-West SEC game. Like, that's a big deal, and I'm just grateful I was able to be part of it. What was uh, what was your favorite part about playing for Lane, or, or what was that experience like? Yeah, it was awesome. Like I said, you know, with NIL and, and portal stuff, the college football atmosphere in general feels like the league, but being around a guy who's – who's been in the league, a guy who's been head coach at so many storage um, colleges. He he ran his program like a GM, you know, essentially. He treated us like a grown man and, you know, understood that that if we were going to make the decision to be great, it was on us and our, on our own responsibility. Um, so leaving that in our hands and, and letting the best players play, you know, that's kind of the – there was no – no political stuff or anything like that. It was it was just production, you know. And so that's one thing I really loved about Lane and kind of seeing his his kind of insight into the game because he's a witty, he's, he's yeah. a really really smart coach, really really witty, um, quiet around the field house. But even though he didn't say a lot, when he did say something, it it meant something. Oh. He he's had an interesting career because like from the moment that he kind of got put in the spotlight was all attention on him and then he goes from the Raiders to USC and you know it's, it's a different type of experience and then he goes and gets that time at FIU um was it FIU or FAU I'm trying to remember FAU okay um and then the Ole Miss like he just he seems like he's not trying to be and this is just my personal beef with a lot of college football coaches like Brian Kelly for example like he comes to LSU and he starts talking like he's Colonel Sanders and like it just bothered me because like dudes from Massachusetts, be you, like you're supposed to lead, lead by example, be authentic, be transparent. I feel like Lane has kind of figured that out. Like I'm gonna be me. I'm not gonna try to pretend I'm anything I'm not. Am I from you know Oxford, Mississippi? No, but I'm gonna embrace what's here so that my players and my program can be successful. And I would think as a player, you know, you can sense BS from a coach. So you're going to want to play hard for someone that is actually being truthful and transparent with you. Yeah, no, 100%, definitely. And he's a competitor, too. Like, you know, he, he, he wants he wants to win. He wants everything to be right. I'm almost a perfectionist, but I think the way he, he, he compliments, you know, his competitiveness with, with, how, with how ready he is and just prepared – um, cause we do a lot of preparation there, obviously, like I said, it's like a GM, um, but you can definitely sense when a coach is not telling the truth or trying to get, trying to be like you or trying to get close to you in an unauthentic way. Um, and that's not coach Kiffin. Like, yeah, you know, he's, he's a guy, take it or leave it. You like what you like. Um, but like I said, it's about production. It's about whatever walks of life you come from, um, what are you going to bring to the table and help us win? How are you going to make us the best team that we can be? All right. Speaking of, of guys that have a chance to to help win, uh, Quinshawn Judkins. Crazy. Like crazy. Obviously, we're we're looking at a dude that is in the Heisman conversation, but it's been a quarterback award for a long time, other than when Devontae Smith won it a couple of years ago. Um, he's sixty to one right now over at over at DraftKings and I, I know like you're you're a couple of years out of it, so you know, I don't know how, how much you've been able to, to dive into the to the betting markets at all, but um 
is he the type of guy that can break through with that offense uh, in his role and legit put himself into Heisman Trophy conversation at 61? Yeah, no, definitely. I think so. I think the reason he was so new last year that, that by the time, you know, awards and, and this and that came up, like, who is this kid? Um, amazing athlete, you know, amazing worth it ethic um good kid I think the biggest thing is that you know you look at Kiffin's offense and what they've done rushing wise for the last couple years Mm. it's insane like I think that offense votes perfectly for him you got to defend everything and then to have a kid who's gritty like I said does the right thing knows what to do knowledgeable um and is gonna smack you in the mouth when he gets in the hole it's it's insane because he can do it all. You know, he's got that build like like a Saquon, like a like a Jonathan Taylor, where he's smaller back, just built. Yeah, just very, 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 very strong. You know, and I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do this year. Okay, all right. So after after the show is done, I might have to go ahead and and pull up the the DraftKings account, drop him at sixty to one. All right, before I, I let you, before I let you go. You got a pick for for who's winning the college football playoff this year? Playoff this year? Anybody stand out early? I mean, it's it's easy to talk about Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, and and I I know you buy into your guys over at Ole Miss, but is there anyone you think that that might have a chance to surprise, or you think it's just going to be another one of the big boys' years to go out and do it again? Yeah, I mean, so outside of my SEC pick, obviously I like Bama, Georgia. Um, Understandable. <laughs> I think Ole Miss is going to give everyone some trouble this okay. year. Um, but I I like Michigan. I know they okay. got a good coaching staff. They got a lot of athletes who've been there a long time, um, you know, who are together. And I think that's a team to be reckoned with. You know, one of my – a couple of my coaches are up there now. Okay. I was up there with, and I know how they go about their business and – you know, I think it'd be a great year. All right, so Michigan, if you're looking at them to go ahead and, and take home a national championship, they're fourth on the board over at DraftKings. They are, I believe, plus 850 right now, so $100 bet would win you 850 bucks. Um, the Rebels, to win the SEC, uh, win the SEC West, I should say, um, they are, I'm pulling it up right now, I think I saw them at 20 to 1. So if you're buying into Ole Miss, maybe uh, catching Alabama, LSU off guard a little bit, Texas A&M, a lot of people think they might repeat 20-1 to right now for Ole Miss take down that SEC West. So we got some value on the board. Mm -hmm. Jacob, I appreciate you being here, man. This is so fun. Betting in the bets just for another minute or so left on the show. want to thank everybody here uh, at PXG as well as the entire crew over at KCSN for getting this set up all ready to go for us. Uh, thanks to talk. Thanks to Jacob as well for being a part of the show. I, I know that uh, we still had a few more college bets left up on the board. I would encourage you to head on over to our podcast page over at Benny and the Bets. Reed Wallet joined us a couple weeks ago, broke down KU, broke down K-State, broke down Mizzou, all from an over-under perspective, as well as some of the other futures that were on the board for this year as well. Plenty more Benny and the Bets as we get ready for the start of college football and NFL season. I always appreciate you guys liking and subscribing to the show. And get the KCSN app because then it becomes super easy to go ahead and subscribe to both our YouTube page 
as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get the shows. Appreciate all you guys for being here. Come visit our friends over at PXG. Take advantage of the Gen 6 Driver Challenge while it's still going on in August. We will see you again soon. May all of your best bets hit. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.